This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series, our Arsenal transfer show every single day at 8 a.m. UK time, going through the whole for the end of the season, through the summer, up until the end of the transfer window. This is the commitment that we give you over here. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel to make sure you get all the Arsenal transfer information every single day. And a lot more too, as I'll come on to in just a bit. Without further ado, though, and I hope you are all well, let's kick off with today's first story, which is regarding Real Betis midfielder uh, Guido Rodriguez. Uh, This is someone who supposedly, according to reports coming out of Spain, uh, Mundo Deportivo, uh, the Spanish outlet, saying Arsenal actually closing in on a deal for this guy, an early signing agreement before the season's actually concluded, which Arsenal were no strangers to. If you remember back in the day, we signed Lucas Podolski really early on for a fee from Cologne. And it's not something that is is unfamiliar to Arsenal whatsoever, is actually agreeing a deal with the player before the transfer window opens, then getting that deal done. Chelsea did it with Timo Werner last season as well. So it's not something that is unfamiliar, something that's unusual. It's something that happens actually quite a lot. So the fact that Arsenal are going to try and get their business done early in the window seems to be a really good sign for us moving forward. So who is Guido Rodriguez? Well, I'm not going to reveal loads about the player just yet because, and there is good reason for that, a little bit later today or tomorrow, one of the next 48 hours, you will be getting a tactical breakdown all about Guido Rodriguez on the channel. So make sure you are subscribed with those notifications on. You're going to be getting your expert insight. You're going to be getting your statistical analysis, your graphics, And, of course, the discussion about the player at the end of the show. But what we can talk about very briefly about this guy is that he is someone that is going to change our midfield for the better. He is a mobile player. He is someone who's better defensively than what we've already got. He can offer things going forwards. And the most important thing about the target that we look for is someone that is a good complementary player to Thomas Partey. We're going to talk a lot about that in the show later on today or tomorrow in the tactical breakdown of him. 
But the fee is what is one of the most interesting things that I want to discuss with you guys today. Because for a 27-year-old midfielder that joined Real Betis not so long ago for a meager five to six million pound fee from Mexico, despite being Argentinian, um, it's a big, big markup based upon one season at Real Betis. That's the big kind of question I've got about this. Obviously, he's got a long-term contract that he's only signed recently, but it's a big, big fee. And it would be a big risk on this guy. So it'll be interesting to hear the thoughts and the expert insight that we're going to be getting in that tactical breakdown. But he is certainly someone that I like, someone I'm excited about, and someone that I think can complement Thomas Partey very well and add some much needed physicality to this Arsenal team, which is something that we've been desperately lacking. So let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box uh, at the moment. JD reckons that this Rodrigo news, Rodrigo sorry news, is fake at the moment. It's coming out of Mundo Deportivo right now, which are a bit hit and miss. If if you're being a hundred percent honest in regards to kind of the Spanish outlets out going out there. Morning, Joshua. Good to have you in the chat, mate. Um, Yonick says, "I wish Arteta made substitution as early as these shows air." Fantastic. Matt G says, "I'm glad we're getting this business done early." Clive, good to have you in the chat. You're up early, son. He likes a tackle, he says, uh, but he does ask if I think this is real. There is better value surely elsewhere. I think if you're looking at value for a player in this sort of area of the park, to spend £40 million on Guido Rodriguez when you can probably get a Basuma who's already transitioned to the Premier League, it's, it does make me question things, especially considering that Arsenal have gone down the route of investing in foreign talent a lot, where maybe we should be looking more into the Premier League. And I mean, we talked about it on the show together the other week that signings like Buendia and Basuma, I think make a lot more sense towards Arsenal to get that transition, get that immediate impact. I'm not saying that Rodriguez couldn't have an immediate impact. He's 27, he's in and approaching the top of his game. And and that will definitely mean something. But to spend a considerable amount of money on someone like this when a Basuma is maybe available, that's what I would question. And that's what we're going to discuss a lot more on the tactical breakdown later today or tomorrow. Um, morning, Dan. Uh, Karthik says, would rather Basuma over this guy. Matt G says, do we know what the price is? It's around the £40 million figure, which is, is, is a hell of a lot. Uh, Laszlo says, is he better than Basuma? Well, what we're going to do is, is we are going to do a bit of a comparison between both Xhaka and Basuma as well in the tactical breakdown video. Uh, Jay Robinson says, not bad, but Thomas Partey needs a game of his life tonight. His retention has been poor of late. Clive says, Basuma, that's all I have to say. I have a bunch of Xhaka, uh, that, <laughs> a bunch that wants to go to Germany. Interesting about Xhaka if he does want to go to Germany. I'm sure he doesn't really want to play second fiddle and maybe is someone that the club may look to sell if he's not happy being kind of a rotation or a squad player next season. Ekao says, oh, Tom, Arsenal close to signing usually means we won't sign him later. Arsenal dealt transfer blow. We have seen it time and time again. Uh, Sean says, Tom, uh, long time, mate. Good to have you in there, Sean. Really, really good to have you in there. I would definitely want Bissouma back. Uh, H7 says, can he run, though, unlike Sabas? He certainly can. He's got a hell of an engine on this guy. So that's kind of the Guido Rodriguez stuff. Obviously, as I said, this show will be out later today, tomorrow, breaking down the player with the expert insights. So make sure you've got those notifications on and make sure you're subscribed to get all of that information about the player. So now we move on to the departures side of the game. There are supposedly four players that are effectively now in the know about their immediate Arsenal futures that 
they are going to be leaving. Some will probably, maybe all of them, will not be a surprise to you, to be honest, to hear these names. We've kind of already built up an idea in our minds about which players are not going to be at Arsenal this season. But it's a good chance to have a discussion about some of them. And the first one will not be a surprise to anyone, and that is Lucas Torreira. The Uruguayan midfielder obviously spent this season on loan at Atletico Madrid with the aim of kind of building up uh, more minutes in a club that is competing in the Champions League, and that has simply not happened. There is pretty bad blood between Arsenal and Atletico Madrid with the whole Partey situation and the release clause fiasco on deadline day, which led them to having to go out and buy Jeffrey Condogbia from Valencia with the La Liga kind of extra rule, which saw Barcelona bring in Braithwaite from Leganes, if you remember when they lost uh, players in the summer. So, or they lost an injury, I think it was to Luis Suarez. So it's it's not gone great, it's fair to say with Torreira. Not only has it not gone great, but then if you have not seen, if you've been living under a rock, he's actually conducted a number of interviews where he's come out and said specifically that he wants to leave Arsenal. He wants to go play for Boca Juniors. And effectively, that is it. That's it. Done. He's gone. And at that point, the value of, our, of a player that we had that we bought for a considerable amount, around 23 to 25 million pounds, has absolutely plummeted. Not only because of the length of his contract, not only because of the length, or rather the performances that he's put in, but also the fact that we've got a player that's actually come out and said that he wants to go and to a specific team. It makes it very, very difficult to negotiate a fee. It makes it very, very difficult to sell him. And not only that, but Boca Juniors do not have the resources to spend even over about £10 million on this player. If you think, if you look back to the video that we did on Lucas Torreira, where we discussed this with some Argentinian experts, they told us that Boca Juniors would be looking to do this for effectively a loan deal for a year. And even Torreira himself has said that he would like to do a loan deal for a year. He would then have one year left on his contract when he comes back. And maybe that's when Arsenal can sell him. But it's still going to be very difficult. Whatever happens, this situation is not a good one for us whatsoever. It really, really isn't. And it puts us in a really difficult situation to deal with this player it's a really, really strange situation that Arsenal have got themselves into with Torreira, but it's the situation that we've got, ultimately. Let's see what some of you guys are saying in regards to uh, Torreira. Jash says, Lucas's price should go up if Atletico win La Liga, surely. <laughs> Wink face there for a reason. He's barely played, mate. He comes on mainly as a sub. They're looking at more using Coque and Saul in the middle rather than Torreira. And when you've got players of that quality, you can understand why, but... It makes little sense um, as to why they really brought him in, I suppose, other than depth and why he wanted to join, knowing the fact there was so much competition there already. It didn't make much sense for him to go there at all. And I'm really struggling to understand kind of the mindset and the theory of why that was the right idea, especially when he seems to be so homesick. Maybe he wanted to move to Spain because obviously he speaks the language. Maybe that will help him settle and be in a better kind of more familiar place. But yeah, it's a tricky one. Wilson says Torreira has to go. And I think that's pretty much the feeling of a lot of people at the moment. Let's move on to the next one of our four, which is Matteo Genduzzi. Now, this one is a lot more controversial amongst the Arsenal fan base. We have obviously seen a lot of people really get on the on board with this young kid. Uh, his attitude is something that's questionable, but a lot of people like his desire on the field. They like his attitude. They like his... Um, he don't give a, a toss, basically, about what other people think about him, which is to be kind of a little bit, you know, I can respect that. I could certainly look to that and go, you know what, fair enough. And I'm sure that's probably in part got him to where he is in his stage in his career. And, and sometimes a little bit of confidence bleeding into arrogance does get you into very high places. 
but it has ultimately left him in a position where he has caused friction between himself and the manager and other members of the coaching staff because of incidents that happened against Brighton, that happened on the trip when they went to the Middle East as well earlier in 2020. And that has meant that he was obviously loaned out to Hertha Berlin this season where he has not really been a revelation there either. So much so that they have turned around and said, there is no way that we're signing this guy on a permanent deal. And when a, cl when a club at the bottom of the Bundesliga and is trying to fight for survival this season, because Hertha have not been good whatsoever in comparison to the amount of money that they've been spending. And they've also been having issues behind the scenes. If you want to look into the Jens Lehmann story, which is not a positive look for our former goalkeeper, the, the fact they don't want to keep this guy um, is, is in itself a big indicator of it's probably best that we just move on from him right now. There is also the fact that he has made consistent mistakes for them when playing. He was at cost for a goal against RB Lives. He gave the ball away in the penalty area for them to score, which is very costly. He's not, for me, someone who's specialised. I don't know if he's a six, if he's an eight, if he can play a more of an advanced role. I don't know what he gives in the final third, to be honest. He gives you a lot of energy, but beyond that, I really don't know what this guy is. I don't know what he is meant to turn into. He hasn't specialised for me, and that's a really big problem. Um, I don't think he's better than Granit Xhaka by a long way. I even struggle to see him as that much of a better improvement than El Nenny sometimes. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I really just can't see it as a better player and a better option. Um, I mean, I've seen more from Sabayos, who recently has obviously come under a lot of stick from the fans, but I've seen more from Sabayos during his time at Arsenal than I have from Genduzi. It's, it's just a real, real tricky one for me. I know that it's very difficult because I have my own personal feelings about him, which obviously affects things. And if you think differently, then please do let me know in the chat box or in the comment section below why you think Arsenal should actually hold on to this guy. Now, we'll see you've got, uh, let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Uh, Wilson says, Genduzi's attitude really stinks. Good morning, Paul. Good to have you here, mate. Uh, Joel's says Saliba and Genduzi are better than some of our players that we've got. Saliba, I'd agree, is better than a couple. Genduzi, I certainly think that you're going to be stretching to find him better than too many of the players that we've got right now. Uh, Dan says Genduzi isn't even that good. I don't understand the hype. Inder Neil says there's a difference between being a, mental, uh, a mentality monster and a straight-up brat. I love Genduzi, but get rid of him if he doesn't change his attitude. Uh, Jashar says Matteo would be a great leader if he had better attitude. Friends a French under-21s captain, surely his price should go up. Clive says, I think that Genduzi wants a free transfer. There could be trouble ahead. He has one year left on his deal and he might just sit out next season in order to get a little bit of moolah in the pocket. Um, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Neil says, you're being harsh. I'll take Genduzi over on any, any day. Um, H7 says, Genduzi is an eight. He's good at linking play with the strikers, can pass long range, can shoot, but hardly does it. He's good. I would love him back. I don't agree with a lot of that. Um, I think he's kind of in that middle ground between a six and an eight. I don't get, think he gives you enough going forwards to really be classed as a number eight, to be honest. His dribbling is questionable at times. He can lose the ball very easily in really kind of difficult positions, as has been shown at Hertha Berlin. So I'm just really, really not so sure uh, if that is the case. I think you should have a look at some of the statistical comparisons between him and Sale Nenny and Sabas, and that will probably show you why I've got these reservations uh, about the kids. It's, it's yeah, it's going to be tricky to see where he goes. I also see a lot. It's quite funny because I see one of the things that's kind of thrown as a, a support to Genduzi is his play in the under 21s for France. If he was so good in the under 21s for France, people don't really associate that same tagline with Enketia for the under 21s for England. So for that, 
I, I, it's not a relevant discussion, really, as a kind of a, an argument. You can, it's a completely different level, the senior football to your under-21s, and that's why Enketia doesn't have a future for me at Arsenal. Same with Reese Nelson, etc., um, who we'll come on to in a bit. Genduzi, no, no chance that he stays. And from the, the rumours that are coming out, that is certainly going to be the case this summer. The next one is Joe Willock. Now, we discussed Joe Willock, of course, on the first episode of the show that Newcastle are getting kind of very much uh, in the position where they want to sign this guy on a permanent deal. And Arsenal have been conflicted over the last few days about what they should do with Joe Willett based upon his performances. But it's pretty much fallen on the side of if a good bid from Newcastle comes in, Arsenal would be willing to sell him. He, for me, not... As similar to Genduzi, but I struggle to know. I kind of struggle to know where his best position at Arsenal is. At Newcastle, it's definitely been that he's playing close to the striker. He loves bursting into the box. It's not a creative number ten role. It's kind of that weird second striker kind of role where you're more of a goal threat than a creator. And I think that's the role that suits Joe Willock the most. Now, if you're going to try and put him in that position at Arsenal, that means Emil Smith Rowe's position goes, or if we go to sign a number ten like we've done with Erdegaard this season, that position would be taken up by with Joe Willock and I just don't think that he has the ceiling has the potential to really nail down that spot at Arsenal he's just one of those players similar to Nketiah similar to Nelson but I don't really see their ceiling as being enough to be an Arsenal quality player consistently and playing week in week out he could go to Newcastle and play amazingly every single week and he may end one one day end up proving me wrong I wish him the best of luck but I just don't see it happening right now at Arsenal and I think that Arsenal have historically sold really poorly and we haven't sold players when we could have done for a really good fee. And then we've been let down later on because they've their values dropped. They've got injured. No one's in for them. The pandemic's hit, et cetera, et cetera. So if we're able to get 20 million quid for this guy, which is the figure that is being rumoured for Newcastle to have to sign him, that for me is a deal that I would not be turning down whatsoever and can be reinvested elsewhere on the pitch. That pays effectively for half of a Basuma or half of a Buendia. So I'd be really looking at taking that 20 million for him. Absolutely no problem. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat about uh, Joe Willock. Mud says he's not a six. No, about Genduzi. I said he's kind of that weird middle ground between a six and an eight that I can't really decide about. Uh, Claudia says, uh, move him on, I'd say. Make a profit and keep it moving. Paul says Genduzi has a very high ceiling. He should remain at the club for many years. Douglas says it's hard to compare Elneny with Genduzi and his ball possession. Elneny plays it safe and Genduzi takes more chances. Uh, Indanil says no specialised role for Willock under Arteta. Sell for 20 million and move on. JD says Willock is our only goal-scoring midfielder currently. He can run with the ball even though he has to improve on his end product. No way can we sell him. JD, I think you're forgetting the point that we can bring in those types of players and we can promote those types of players from the uh, from the youth team as well. So it's not about just sticking with him because he's the only guy that's there. It's about investing. It's about promoting. So you fill those rows and developing at the same time, developing players like Emil Smith-Rowe to become more of a goal-scoring midfielder at the same time. Neil Gunner says, sell Willock, good for hopefully boosting his price. And says, Willock is the player who has the value. We'll lose money with Torreira, but maybe we can recoup some with this guy. Liverpool's transfer negotiators would easily sell the likes of Willock for a minimum of 30 million. We should get them first, says JD. Uh, Niels says, sell Willock. His good form will add some value. Jashar says, strongly, I think we should keep Joe. He has a unique goal-scoring skill set. 
plus he's classed as an under 21. Of course, he is homegrown as well for the argument to keep him. Dan says, I do like Willock. He's a goal scoring midfielder. We don't have many of those apart from El Nenny. Uh, Sven says, Genduzi isn't a defensive midfielder. Comparing him to El Nenny and Jacker is wrong. That's why he failed there. His loan spell has been promising. I disagree, Sven. I would really look into the loan spell because it's not been as promising from speaking to plenty of German experts on the guy. Uh, Tulip says, Willock will get some good price. Invest that money. So sell Willock and Genduzi, both of them. Joel says, always sad to see someone from the academy sold, but it has to be done. I think 20 million is the max you're probably going to get for this guy. And that's only if we're able to really kind of shoehorn uh, Newcastle into a position they don't want to be in. Now, the last player on our list is this guy. Reese Nelson um, has unfortunately really been, what's the right term? Um, unlucky, I want to use the word in regards to kind of the lack of opportunities um, that he's been given. Um <laughs> But the thing is with, with Nelson is that I, kind of similar to Willock, I don't see a future for Nelson at Arsenal because I don't think in a wide area he's anywhere near the required level. I mean, this is a guy that's now in his 20s and you're looking at someone that's not had enough chances, surely. But even at Hoffenheim, he started really well on his loan deal and then dipped off towards the end of that loan deal. We struggled under Julian Nagelsmann in the end. They didn't get on particularly well. And he really kind of fell out of favour under Nagelsmann at Hoffenheim. He had a great start, but it trailed away, kind of like his Arsenal career has, in a way. Definitely a sell for me. I don't think you're going to get loads. You're looking at... I mean, he's English. He's a Premier League player. He's young. Maybe 15 million max if we're lucky. Um, but we need to be better at selling these players. I think you look at someone like Rian Brewster, never played a game for Liverpool and they managed to sell him for 24 million. Arsenal need to be looking at the likes of that, Jordan Ibe, um, Dominic Solanke, those players that are being sold by these clubs for a lot of money because they're young, because they're English and because players and teams are going to want them. We need to be going down that same kind of route. I see also a lot of people that say and insist that this guy should be given more opportunities and more chances. I, I I don't see where that's coming from because in all of the opportunities, say in the Europa League that he's been given, he's been fairly poor. He's maybe popped out of a goal, but he's missed a host of chances. He's not had a massive impact on the game. And I think for me, it's just a no. <laughs> it's just a no for, for Nelson at this stage. And, and whilst I think he maybe, yes, he's been unlucky, he doesn't get into the Arsenal team now or in the future. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. David Blaschik says, sell. Quest 1 says, sell. Wilson says, Nelson has been very unlucky and he needs the loan to get more game time. Neil Gunner says, sell. Nelson uh, just puts uh, a buyback in there or a sell-on clause just in case. Matt G says, I feel sorry for Nelson. I think it's more of an issue men of mentality rather than ability. He knew he wouldn't get game time this season, so he should have pushed for a loan move. And he's the one, supposedly, from the information that, that we're aware of, he's the one that pushed to stay. He could have gone. There were offers for loan deals, but he pushed to stay at Arsenal. I definitely, definitely think that is going to be a mistake on Nelson's part and could obviously cost him a place at Arsenal in the future. He could have gone alone and absolutely smashed it and maybe come back with the future or even raise his value, but he didn't. He refused that stayed at Arsenal and that's where we get that's that's where we are right now. Whereas Lee said I thought he's the next Gnabry, maybe he is he just needs to leave Arsenal. And it is very true that some players do need to leave Arsenal before they can flourish. Plenty of players have gone on and done it. 
Some have been mistakes, Gnabry. Some have been the likes of Ismail Banassa or Glenn Kamara. These guys have gone on to do really well that they wouldn't have done at Arsenal. So sometimes what you see elsewhere is not what they're going to be doing at Arsenal. Uh, Emrad says, that's harsh, Tom. He's hardly played. You're right. But unfortunately, at this level, you only get a few chances. And in those few chances, you've got to take them. You look at Bakayo Saka. You look at Gabriel Martinelli. These guys at that same age, the few chances that they've got, they absolutely grabbed them by the scruff of the neck and they took them that convinced the coaches that they deserve a chance to be in the Arsenal first team. Nelson was given opportunities, but he didn't take any of them, in my opinion. Maybe one, maybe two, if we're really going for a push. But for me, it's just a no. He he hasn't taken those chances well enough to convince the coaching staff or us, I feel, as fans on the whole, that he deserves a place in the team going forwards. And says, Nelson is the player I'm most disappointed with his development. At one point during his loan spell at Hoffenheim, he was playing on the Sancho level. I say loan him out next season. Porky Pork says, the point of a youth system is to pick the best and sell the rest. Then those funds can go towards building your main 11. No question in my mind. Get some money for these boys to actually sort our core out. Jashar says, like Joe, he did really well in the Europa League, but both didn't really get a chance while Arteta persisted with Willian. Edward says, a good loan for Reese at Norwich or Palace type of season. Um, and I think we can get him back on track as his biggest talent we've produced since Wilshire's path. I disagree with that. I certainly think you look at someone like Saka as the biggest talent for sure. Emil Smith-Rowe following closely behind. So I think, I think Nelson's even behind Willock at this stage. Um, Emrad says, I blame Arsenal. Arsenal brought Willian, totally blocked his pathway. I think they brought Willian in because at the start of the season, Pepe needed competition because he wasn't necessarily performing at the level that they expected for a £72 million player. Willian has been awful. There has been absolutely no debate around that. He is ne- I don't think anyone expected Willian to be as bad as he has been. If he did, I think you're kidding yourself because this is a guy that was in the top 10 chance creators in the Premier League last season. He came in on that high had a good game against Fulham and then dropped off entirely. Believe it or not, he is one of the highest assisters for us still this season, which tells you kind of how bad creatively we've been. Um, but he didn't block the path for me for, for Nelson and the light because he's 32. He's going to be here for a one, two, three seasons. We'll see. Um, and Nelson still had time to develop and come through and take the opportunities that he was given in the cup competitions, which he didn't do. So I don't think the Willian situation blocked Nelson in any way. Tulip says, feel sorry for Nelson. He hasn't got a good run of games to really judge him. It's a, uh, it's like a case of Pepe. Now he gets a game. Um, one more loan deal or sell in the next window. Indanil says, Arsenal and its fans need to be ruthless. Sell Reese Nelson. He also has two years left on his contract. Um, and that is probably where we're going to finish off today's show. Thank you ever so much for listening, people. Really appreciate you tuning in at 8 a.m. every single day. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel with those notifications turned on because you never miss a show. We will obviously be doing a little bit later on today our kind of breakdown, our look at Rodrigo, uh, sorry, Guido Rodriguez. We should get his name right, of course. Um, We'll be getting some expert insight on him, giving you more information about what he's like as a player and ultimately giving you all the information you could possibly want to learn who he is, what he's about, what he can bring. That'll be out a little bit later today or tomorrow. So make sure you've got those notifications turned on so you don't miss that. We will see you again very, very soon. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you as always. And of course, we will be back live straight after the game this evening to give you the Raw Reaction Show once again. Get your thoughts and feelings and comments after Arsenal's most important game of the season. It's been a pleasure. And I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. 
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.